0: Well good morning all shores. Let's get stand on our feet and worship the Lord this morning.
1: cry out praises to the Lord. I can do it a thousand times and still not even hit the, the depth of how incredibly wonderful he is. And as we approach this season of Advent, you know, coming out of Thanksgiving weekend, I'm just filled with so much gratitude today. I think a big part of it just being that there is this truth that while we are still sinners, while we still mess up sometimes, that We serve a God who who died for us, who gave himself freely. And it just fills my heart with so much joy and hope today because I know that I can mess up. I know I do. But God doesn't care about that. All he wants is he wants my heart. He wants me to, to walk towards him, to lay down my shame, to lay down my guilt, and just to accept his love openly and freely. And I don't know where you are today, but my encouragement to you is that there is a God who loves you so dearly. He loves you so greatly. And He just wants to meet with you today in this place. And as we just are reminded of our gratefulness, there's a song, it's an older one, but I think it's really meaningful for us today. And I just felt led by the Holy Spirit to lead us in this. And so. You'll recognize it. We kind of put our own spin on it, but uh, I just really feel like we need to sing about God's faithfulness today. So let's sing this song together. in this next verse, pardon for sin.
2: Church, let's respond to his spirit today. I'll sing my voice and now
1: so thankful Lord that God your arms towards each of us are wide open and God in the places where we may have doubts or skepticism or fears or worries or whatever it is God we just pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to be able to lay those things down God and just to accept your love for us fully God as we continue to sing out our thankfulness Lord we invite your Holy Spirit to do what you want to in this place, God. So grateful, Lord, for how you continue to move. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Come on, my soul, oh don't you get shy on me? Return your song.
3: but I love that song because no matter what this weekend was like, whether Thanksgiving was an easy time for you and the thanks and gratitude came really easily, or maybe it was a more difficult time, Jesus loves each and every one of us. He never turned his back on us. And this song reminds us that when our souls are a little down, it just kind of... Kicks us in gear, right? Gives us a little nudge. Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. You can do it. You can worship. Because when we worship, Jesus draws near. And so we're going to go to a time of prayer. And I just want you to know that he is close to you today. If you have a need, great or small, I just want to invite you to take a seat where you are. We want to pray with you and for you as your church family. And maybe you are celebrating just a wonderful weekend Well, you can take a seat too. We can celebrate with you as well. But we're going to go to a time of prayer. We're going to talk to the Lord. I invite you to just whisper your own thanksgivings to Him as I pray for all of us. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful that your love never fails, that you are the faithful one, and that when we need a little nudge of hope and encouragement, that we can talk to ourselves, right? We can talk to ourselves and, and remind ourselves that you are the God of hope. You are the God of healing. You are the God of salvation. You are the God of restoration. And you want to draw near to us, and all you want is our honest response to you. It's okay if it's been hard to worship and praise him today. Bring that truth to him now it's wonderful and if you're celebrating we are celebrating with you rejoicing God there are those here today with needs some are provisional God some are relational some need guidance and direction and God I just ask that you would draw near Holy Spirit minister to those who need to feel your touch today who need to feel your spirit today Some have been waiting a long time, God, for the answers to prayer. And so, Father, we just ask you to come alongside to kind of restore their souls, restore their hope. Give them encouragement today, Jesus. Oh, we love you, and we are grateful that we can come and worship here today as a church family in three of our communities. God, thank you. And, Father, we pray for Ben and Diana Vierink. missionaries in Columbia serving with YWAM God we thank you for them we thank you for their heart of service and we ask you to meet each and every need that they have while Ben studies and finishes up his education while Diana is pregnant God we just ask that you would surround them with your love and your presence that you would meet each and every need that they have and that you would guide and direct their footsteps that many would come to know you through them God we're grateful today That you are here among us we're thankful for your love that's in jesus name i pray amen well you may take a seat if you're in the worship center i want to welcome you thanks for being with us today we're so glad to see you if you're worshiping online with us today thank you we're glad that you joined us as well well we would like to get to know you better if you are a guest with us today And a couple things that I just would like to ask you to do. One is if you haven't found the connection point, which is outside in the lobby by the prayer room, I would just invite you before you get off today uh, and out in the parking lot, would you just stop by that desk? We have a gift for you. We'd love to meet you and say hello. We'd also like for you to fill out a connection card. The QR code, I think, is on the screen behind me. We also have a link online. But we would just, that's our two-way communication system. It helps things not to fall through the cracks for us. So if you would fill one of those cards out, if you're a guest, but if you have been with us a while, I would love for some time in the next couple of weeks that everybody would fill a connection card out. Would you give us your contact information? We're updating our databases, and we would love to have accurate information for you. So I would just invite you to do that. Um, in the next couple of weeks, and we would be so grateful. Well, we want to continue in worship through giving. And it is a joy when we give to the Lord out of the overflow of gratitude in our hearts, that he bestows just some of his richest blessings on us as we give of our time and of our talents and of our resources So if you came prepared today to do that, we have boxes that are, they're black boxes, they're mounted on the walls by our exits. I know sometimes they're hard to find. You can also give online, but we just wanna thank you. We're growing in generosity. We we are learning what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus and be generous in all ways in our lives. And so I just wanna thank you for giving. If you're a guest with us, there's no expectation for you to give. Thank you for being with us today. Now take a look at the screens for what's coming up next.
4: Welcome, everybody. We made it. It is Advent. Hobby Lobby has looked like this since August. (laughs) And we finally are here and have arrived. But we are beginning our Advent uh, series this morning, New Beginnings, and uh, so we're glad you are here. Goodness, next week, and I'll remind us again, but next week uh, we had a response Uh, from the message last week, but next week we are doing more than 20 baptisms across all of our campuses. Yeah. So just excited uh, for what God is doing and uh, just so glad to be here with you. And uh, as we begin this series uh, today, uh, we just believe that God's presence is with us. Scriptures say where two or three are gathered together in his name, he is in our midst and so we just believe that that same Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to each of you. And, uh, and so we want to prepare our hearts and minds to hear what God has to say. So we're going to just kind of pause a moment of silence, and then I'm going to lead us uh, in a prayer. Let's bow our heads. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. And so Lord, as we open up these Words, the scriptures that are breathed by the Holy Spirit to life, that you would help us to uh, help us to respond, breathe into our lives, and make these words become real for each of us, Lord. That it is not just a persuasion or information that I bring, but Lord, it's your revelation. Where you tell us who you are and what you want for each of us. Whatever is of me, I pray that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten, but whatever is of you, Lord, that it would stick, it would remain. That today, Lord, you would challenge us, you would correct us, you would convict us. Lord, you would change us that we might be more like Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, it's probably been a busy weekend for you. All of the people, the travel, the different personalities that were involved, the excitement, the awkwardness, the joy, the frustration, and I'm just talking about Black Friday. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, uh, Black Friday began in the 1950s in Philadelphia. It was a local thing that has, the day after Thanksgiving, became this tradition to shop locally and uh, and, and for decades, that has been the case. But uh, there's been some changes recently. Maybe you remember those days of getting up early and going to the stores and waiting in line. But uh, first hour, I think there was three people that raised their hand that they were out on Black Friday. So things have changed because of the rise of Amazon, right? Online shopping in North America. And the fact that Black Friday is no longer just one day, right? I don't know if you noticed this. But you can get Black Friday deals in September and October, all through November. Like, And I think that that communicates something about us. We are impatient. We do not want to wait for things. And so the marketplace has kind of opened up the door for us to get the things that we want. And uh, I don't know. Do you remember what it was like to, uh, to wait for what you wanted? Anyone? I mean, I'm not talking to the two days on Prime. I'm just saying, have you ever, do you remember those days where you had to actually wait for the things that you wanted? It, it, there's something about our culture of impatience for us. And I, I was thinking about this, um, the horror of, of waiting and hoping that you could get something on the day after Thanksgiving. In the 70s, it was Cabbage Patch Kids. Do you remember those? Yeah. There's a hand back there. Praise Jesus. Uh and one back there thank you i actually have a cabbage patch uh, kid i know you're jealous uh, we can talk more about that later um the air jordans the 1980s uh in the 90s for my kids it was the Wii. i remember us going to four or five stores hoping that we could find one the xbox today it's the ps5 right um they've been out of stock for months ken good luck uh, but there are things that we long for, things that we wait for. And in our culture, we don't usually have to wait very long. And, but there are also things in our life that we long for and wait for. The job that you didn't get. You're hoping for that raise and it hasn't come. Longing for your own house, but the marketplace doesn't allow you to make the move. For some of us, it's even greater things. You want to be married, the longing for a relationship, but it's just not happening. The desire, the longing to have children, and it's not happening. And so the question is, is what do you do? How do you respond, whether it's the little things or those things in life, how do you respond when you don't get what you want? What does that say about us? Do you find yourself grumbling and complaining? Maybe it's blaming. It's other people that have caused you to not get what you want. Maybe it leads to anger, and maybe a forcing your way to try to get what you want. Maybe it's a deep sadness, a letting go of those things, and that you hope that you can forget that you ever wanted it in the first place. Maybe it's just giving up. How do you respond to things that you don't get when you long for them? As we enter into Advent and in this series, we're going to look at the Arrival. That's what Advent means, the arrival of Jesus. Jesus was someone that Israel, the people of God, had longed for and waited for for a long period of time. A long period of time. That God would show up in the person of Jesus, God in the flesh in Bethlehem. Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke. Here's why. Four different gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? They all write about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Matthew, Mark, and John all give a general picture of Jesus' arrival, his coming. As a matter of fact, in the gospel of John, there's really one verse that describes it all. John says, and God, the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's it. Merry Christmas. But I'm thankful for Luke. Luke who's a physician does research and goes and interviews individuals and hears the stories and gives to us the behind the scenes stories of how the birth of Jesus affected lives like in individuals like you and I and brought new life new beginning so you're going to hear stories of an old couple and a young couple and a teenager and refugees, and workers out in the field. And I think we can relate to many of those individuals. And what does this new beginning, this Jesus, what does he bring into our lives? And today we're going to look at the story of an older couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I just want to read for us today. We'll go into the text in just a minute. But if you have your Bibles with you and you want to read along, or you can just listen, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. Through verse 17 and this is the story of this older couple and this new beginning in their lives scriptures say in the time of King Herod of Judah of Judea there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah his wife was also a descendant of Aaron both of them were righteous in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God and he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. He will bring many. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of God of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth were descendants of a priestly tribe, the priestly tribe of Levites, one of the 12. And if you don't know much about church history, 2,500 years before Christ, Israel the people of God had found themselves in the wilderness, and God establishes a tabernacle, a place of worship where his presence would be. And one of the tribes was chosen to handle all of that, to handle the worship, to handle the sacrificing, to handle the offerings, the burning of incense, all of the worship, everything, the the care of the tabernacle itself. And the Levites were the ones chosen to do that. And so throughout history... The Levitical tribe was appointed to take care of this tabernacle, which in 930 B.C. became the temple. Solomon built a temple in Jerusalem. And the Levites were still responsible. It was destroyed by Babylon and rebuilt again about 500 years before Christ. And the Levites still continued to lead and to care for the temple. And here it is. 400 years later, and you still have these individuals, these Levites, caring for the temple. But after it was rebuilt around 500 B.C., there was a period of time where God became silent. If you look at the Old Testament, there are stories and stories of how throughout history, God moved through people's lives and how prophets were raised up and judges were raised up and there was priests and there's all these stories in the Old Testament and then you get to the last book of the Old Testament the book of Malachi you've got it memorized right the book of Malachi last two verses concludes the Old Testament and after those two verses God is silent for 400 years no stories no prophets no word from the Lord, silence. They waited, and people waited, and they waited. So what do the last few verses of Malachi have to say? We're pretty good at Genesis 1. We know the beginning, but many of us don't know the end, right? The end of the Old Testament, last two verses say this. God says, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. So for 400 years, the nation of Israel waited, longing for God to show up, longing for him to come or things were going to go bad. And it was during that time of longing, during that waiting, that people responded differently, just like you and I do. There were some people that that longing created grumbling. They didn't like that God was waiting. It led to blaming others, blaming Rome for the way that they had to live under the Roman Empire, for the Jewish puppet rulers that were over them, like King Herod. Some of them became very angry, and they tried to force God's hand. They rebelled. They tried to make God show up to get what they wanted. Others became sad. Some gave up and just let go. And still a few others, some of those who are part of the Levitical tribe, kept on. They had hope. That even in the waiting, there was something about their behavior. They were still longing, and in that longing, they found hope. The scriptures tell us about Zechariah and Elizabeth, and it says this. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. The word righteous means they lived the right way. They were right with God. They would get up during the day. They would talk with God. We know that they prayed because the angel said the Lord heard their prayers. They prayed to God. They they listened. Even though God was silent, they were still listening. They observed all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. To observe, literally in the Greek there, it means to move on. It's the next step, the next step, the next step. It's to be consistent. They knew what God had said They knew the laws, and they just kept living up to them each and every day. Even though God had been silent, even though they were longing for change in the world and change in their lives, they just kept on with hope. There was something about their righteousness and observing, I think, that teaches us, right? I I can imagine that as they showed up at the temple every now and then, Zechariah would show up to serve in some way, and the people around him would ask questions. (laughs) Where is God now, Zechariah? It's been 400 years. Why do you keep showing up when he doesn't? Where is this promise of God to come through? And we can relate to that, I think, as followers of Jesus Christ. Our world is not exactly better off right now, Right? We have wars and rumors of wars. We have uh, issues that are going on. We have inequality globally around the world. And we get the same questions as followers of Jesus, right? We have the promise that Jesus is one day going to come back. He's another arrival. Another advent is coming. And he will take his followers to be with him for all eternity. No more tears. No more pain. To be in the presence of God forever. But we have friends and family who ask the same questions. If there was a God, if there is a God, why doesn't he show up? Where is he now? Why do people suffer so much? Why do you keep showing up when he doesn't? I think there's something beautiful and powerful about this statement about Zachariah and Elizabeth, something that helps us, that can teach us that even in the midst of their long suffering, even in the midst of their wanting something more, they were willing to keep going because God said. God promised, God said, and so I will. I'll keep moving, I'll keep following, I'll keep doing what he's asked me to do. I'll be faithful. And in doing so, I think there is a new beginning that comes with that each day. Because each day that we wake up and we still don't have what we long for, it's just another opportunity. It's a new day of hope. Today, I get to know more about God. Today, I get to spend more time with God. Today, I get to speak with God. Today, I get to serve God. Today, there's going to be something new where I have the opportunity to share the hope that I have in God with others. A new beginning each day as we await for the change that God promises. Zechariah and Elizabeth weren't just longing for the Messiah, the anointed one that was to come, but they had a personal longing that had yet to be fulfilled. Zechariah and Elizabeth were wanting a child. The scripture says this, they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Not only had they waited 400 years for God to bring about change, but they had waited a child, long for a child. It was not just universal, it was personal for them. When they were younger, she was unable to conceive, but the scriptures make it clear that they were now beyond childbearing days, right? I did a little research. Sometimes it's the little words that, that actually teach me something, but I looked up the word old in the Greek. I wanted to know, like, what does it mean, thinking it would just be old. Um, but the Greek word is this picture of a sunrise to sundown, sunrise to sundown. And the translation is they had seen many days. <laughs> I love that picture. They had seen a lot of days. My grandfather used to tell me, I'm a shade over 40 and I've been in the shade a long time. (laughs) Some of us have seen a lot of days. One of the best translations I saw was a commentator who said uh, that it means to be well stricken in years, which is going to be my response when people ask me my age. I'm well stricken. Luke tells us that they were not only childless, but they were beyond that. They had given up hope. Maybe they had even stopped praying about this particular issue, which is why the announcement of the angel is so powerful. It's something they had hoped for and maybe they had forgotten. Maybe they had given up. Maybe they had moved on. But when God's involved, you're never too old. There's something more God can do. And so Luke tells us that uh, Zechariah went to the temple to serve and there were about 20,000 priests during his day. Incense was a time when one of the priests would go into worship and the rest would stay outside. And we heard that in the passage, awaiting for the incense to be lit and then everybody would come in ready for worship. And on that particular day, Zechariah was chosen. Chances are with 20,000 different priests, Scholars believe that each priest probably had one opportunity in their lifetime where they would have lit the incense. It's that day. He gets the straw, right? They cast lots. He gets the small straw. He goes in, he lights the incense, and an angel shows up, and it says he was gripped with fear. It means to have a heavy weight put on you where you're almost unable to breathe. And the angel says, oh, Zachariah, don't be afraid, right? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Spoiler alert, John the Baptist. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. I, I love this. God is not only breaking through in the world, bringing the arrival of what soon would be the Messiah. John is not the Messiah, but he is the one to prepare the way. God is breaking into the world, and he's no longer silent. He's moving. He chooses Zechariah, but he not only does it for all of Israel, he answers his own personal request. When God does something for all of us sometimes... He does something unique for each of us. And I love that, that this child would be a joy and a delight to Zechariah and Elizabeth. What, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful story. But he goes on because not only is it for them personally, right, answering that, but the promises for all of Israel. This child will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of God. Elijah, we've heard this before, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The angel quotes the last two verses of Malachi. What you've been waiting for, this is it. What you've been longing for, God's going to do. His promise is true. God said, and so I will believe. And today, everything changes. He, he tells Zechariah that John is going to be set apart for ministry, more than just being set apart like the Levites. He was going to be set apart. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. He would be set apart, asked to not drink wine or any fermented drink, to be filled, if you will, with the Holy Spirit, but no other spirits. He was to be on mission for God and dedicated to that. And even before the announcement of the Messiah, which is is to come, God is preparing the way for his people through this child, John. Church, I think sometimes we are waiting not only for God to move in our world, but there are things in our own lives that we're longing for. We have our own fears that grip us. The announcement of the from the doctor is not exactly what we expected. The loss of employment that has a spiraling. The loss of a home. The loss of a loved one, a marriage, a relationship. Maybe the things you long for, the things you want, you feel like have moved on. You're beyond those years. You're well stricken. But it's never too late for God to move in our lives to have the hope each day that he's going to show up. That God said, so I will. I will follow. I'll be obedient. I'll keep going. What if a new beginning for each of us is found in the waiting for God to move? What if God has something more he is doing to bring new beginnings and new life through us in that long-surfing, long-suffering, to bring hope? Each day you wait... You get to know God more. You get to depend on God more. You get to share your hope with those who do not have it. You get to come alongside those who have nothing. You get to bring new beginnings and new life to others. I don't know if if this is true for all of us, but this is true for me. When you are faithful in the waiting, you find new beginning in the promise. There's something about the longing. There's something about the wanting and not quite having it that when you lean in and you continue to be faithful, there is a new beginning in you. You learn to trust God more. You learn to love God more. You learn to hope a little bit more. There's a new beginning that comes. And one day, because God said, it's going to happen. And it could be today. For some of you, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You just wound up here today. And today is the day. You're hearing this message and God is like, the reason you're here is because I gave my life for you. Today is the day. It's not too late for you. There's nothing that you've done in your past that will keep him from receiving you. If you trust in him. Today might be the day. For some of you, the things that you're longing for, the things that you want to see change in your family, those kids that you're desperate for, someday will be the day. And so we keep going. We're righteous and obedient. We keep living each day, having these new beginnings in our lives. When you're faithful in the waiting, you find new beginning in the promise Couple of questions for us, or actually three. Are you setting yourself apart for God to move in your life and the lives of others? Just as Elizabeth and Zechariah were were set apart as a part of the Levitical tribe dedicated for worship in the temple, their son was also set apart. John was set apart on mission for God. Are there things in your life that are getting in the way of you being set apart for God? If God said, I want you to do this, or I want you to go there, or I want you to talk to so-and-so, or I want you to change this, would you do it? Are you set apart to say yes when God moves? And are there things that are keeping you from that? If so, man, we need to put ourselves in a place where we can find new beginnings by allowing ourselves to Be in a place where we can listen to God and hear from God and follow Him? Are you abiding with God and in a right relationship with Him? In other words, do you spend each day? Does God hear your cries? Are there people that you are praying for, that you are longing to come to Christ? Are you calling out for that? Because one day, one day might be the day. Are you spending time in Scripture and in silence and in worship and in prayer? where you can hear God's voice and allow him to give direction to your life? Do it every day. Just like Zechariah and Elizabeth. Are you living in obedience to what you know about God and his word? There are things that you already know you should be doing, and you're not. God wants to bring correction there. It could be that the very reason you're not experiencing new beginning and new hope and have this thriving in your spirit is because there are things that are keeping you from that. What does it look like for you to bring about change and to begin stepping and walking in faithfulness and allowing God to bring that new beginning each and every day? When you are faithful in the waiting, you find new beginning in the promise. Let me pray for us. Lord, as we conclude this part of the story of the gospel Lord, we are just, get, like, like Israel, we are just getting prepared for the way of the Lord. But I, I pray today, Lord, there, there might be new beginnings for those who are here, people who have been longing, and maybe they've become angry, maybe they've give up, given up, maybe they think it's too late for whatever they are longing for. But Lord, that you would remind them, remind all of us that it's never too late when you are involved that you can do even immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And Lord, that you have done that through Jesus Christ, that we are recipients of the very promise that Israel waited for, that we can know Jesus Christ, we can know his salvation. And so, Lord, each and every day, we have the opportunity to get to know him more and get to serve him more. And I pray that you would bring about new life, new beginning in us and in the lives of others that we reach out to. And Lord, as we enter into this Advent season, may it not just be about the busyness and the sales, but it would be about the celebration of the promise of Jesus Christ and the difference that he makes in the world and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna conclude in a response to the word as we take the sacrament of communion. And as you came in, you should have received the cup. If you didn't, they are just outside these doors, and I know we have ushers who would be happy to provide you with one. There are two layers to it, the top layer is for the bread and the other layers for the juice. And if you are a guest with us here, you don't have to be a member of our church or a member of our denomination, the Wesleyan Church, to participate. Uh, You don't need a letter signed by someone to say that you can participate This is an open table, and we want to celebrate the difference that Jesus has made in all of our lives. And we just simply ask that you personally are seeking the Lord to move in your life. Seeking him to meet with you even now. And so before we uh, partake together, we're going to spend a few moments in uh, in worship. And so I'm going to ask us all to stand. And that we would just prepare ourselves to receive these elements this morning as we worship.
0: For I spoke a word
4: scriptures tell us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples and he took the bread, unleavened, representing without sin, without blemish, just as Jesus was. He took that bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Let us take in remembrance of it." Then taking the cup filled with the sweetness of the wine that washed away the bitterness of sin, the past. Jesus said, this is a new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. We are recipients of that promise of what Jesus came to do to deliver us, to set us free, to make us his children. And while we wait, while we wait, Jesus said, one day I will drink this together with you in eternity. But before that happens, every day and while we wait, we take in remembrance of him. Let us take. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done for us, that you are the promise. You are the one that makes the difference in our lives. And brings about the change in all of us. But Lord, we do, we do. We long for more. We long for you to move in our world. We long you to continue to move in our lives. And until then, Lord, we long and we wait. But we wait in anticipation and with hope and in faithfulness as each day we lean more into you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Before I dismiss you, just a couple of quick things. Uh, We have an Advent devotional uh, as we begin today, uh, Advent. And uh, if you haven't received one already, there are little business cards out just out these center doors. There's a table with these cards and a QR code for you to download it. If you signed up last week to have a hard copy because you don't like the digital version or you just wanted a hard copy... They are out there right now with your name on them. If you still want one, you you can sign up, but you're going to want to start today, so try the digital. Also, I talked with our facilities director, Penny, uh, this this morning, and following the service, uh, we're going to be decorating the lobby. So if if you don't have anything to do, you want to hang out with some people and have some fun, uh, we're going to be decorating the lobby for Christmas, and I heard there might be pizza involved. So anyway, there's that. Um, And then lastly... Uh, next week, we got baptism. You're going to want to be back here for the second week of Advent and, and as celebrating new life in people's lives. So we hope you'll be here next week. Hope, hope that you will come back. Why don't you open up your hands and I'll give a blessing. And now may God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continually fill you with his spirit. And may each day you discover new life and new beginnings as you faithfully walk in obedience to what he said. And each day you commit yourself to say, because you said, I will. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, go blue. All right. (laughs)